This is a Federal News Network podcast. Congress returns to Capitol Hill in two more weeks, and they'll have a long to-do list. The bipartisan budget deal congressional leaders struck with the White House earlier this summer sets top-line spending numbers for the next two years. The deal is a start to avoid another government shutdown at the beginning of the next fiscal year, but it's only a start. The Senate hasn't touched a single appropriations bill yet. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now with what comes next. And Nicole, what does come next? Tell us where we are so far on the 2020 budget. So the House has passed the majority of appropriations bills for 2020, 10 out of 12. The one that remain, the ones that remain are the Homeland Security Appropriations Bill, which is likely to be somewhat contentious again this year as it was last year. And then the Legislative Affairs Appropriations Bill, which there's some disagreement over whether or not members of Congress should get a pay raise. I think ultimately they'll be able to resolve that relatively quickly. But those are the two that the House has left to do. As you mentioned, Tom, the Senate hasn't done anything, and we haven't even seen a single draft version of any one of these appropriations bills. They haven't had markups. They haven't done much of anything uh, as far as this work goes. So we're at the point where Congress will return September 9th, and pretty soon they're going to have to come to some sort of agreement about how to fund the government past September 30th. And you had reported that Steny Hoyer, the majority leader in the House, was going to phone up the appropriators in the Senate, starting with Richard Shelby, Senator Shelby, and Mm -hmm. say, hey, guys, uh, you got some work to do here. Exactly. That's what he did last week, as far as we can tell. And uh, he acknowledged that they'll likely have to put together some sort of continuing resolution. I think that's what we've been hearing is that yeah, we'll probably need a CR to get us through at least, Steny Hoyer said, 60 days. He says, if we're going to do a CR, I want it to be a short-term one, 60 days, no longer than that. So we'll see. Likely what will happen is that the Senate will use maybe the House versions of some of these appropriations bills as a starting point, and then they'll conference over those and move forward from there. But as as we've talked about before, Tom, there are some points of interest in some of those appropriations bills, particularly for federal employees and their pay, the possibility, we haven't even discussed the annual Defense Authorization Act, but if we bring that into the picture, that's when uh, some negotiations will need to occur over the federal paid leave program that's in the House version, not in the Senate version. So Congress has some work to do, some discussions to have when they get back. And before we get to some of those details, It should not be a heavy lift politically for the Senate, because if the White House and the House, which is democratically controlled, could agree on a top line, that gives the House all of the civilian spending it wants. It gives the White House all of the defense spending it wants. Nobody cares about the deficit. That's not even in their radar. And so should the Senate – it seems like the Senate would go along maybe for opposite reasons than the House, but is there a problem with with agreement on that top line number? Well, I think the uh, the answer to your question, I think, would come if you look at what has happened this past year. Essentially, we were in very much the same situation where we had top line numbers. The House had done a good amount of work. The Senate had actually done more work than they have at this point. As far as we can tell, the Senate was just waiting for those top line numbers, and that's why they hadn't really moved any appropriations bills on that side of Congress. But At the end of the day, we still had a government shutdown. We still, although we agreed to these top line numbers, we still had an issue over the Homeland Security funding bill. So 
I would not say that that two-year budget deal really gets us out of the clear at all for a government shutdown. I think Congress will, though, come to some sort of agreement by September 30th. That's at least what Steny Hoyer uh, thinks that we'll do. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And what about the prospects for a federal pay raise next year? Well, that's the big question. And we're actually coming up to an important deadline for the president as far as federal pay goes. The president has until August 31st to send his alternative pay plan to Congress. And he usually does this by the 31st. Otherwise, some pretty high locality pay increases will kick in under uh, the FEPCA Law, it's known as the Federal Employee Pay Comparability Act, and the White House wants to avoid that. And ultimately, the White House will likely propose a pay freeze, which he, President Trump, has indicated in his 2020 budget proposal. What we need moving forward is the House has already passed a 3.1 percent pay raise. The Senate needs to agree. They need to compromise somewhere along those lines. Again, speaking with Majority Leader Hoyer, you know, he has has favored the 3.1 percent raise, wants to see the Senate take it up and didn't express too much concern that it wouldn't. And what about a congressional pay raise? You mentioned that's a long shot. I mean, they haven't done it for themselves yet in, what, 10 years. Yeah, I think that is the issue that comes into play with the legislative appropriations bill. It's why it hasn't passed yet. Honestly, it remains to be seen where they want to go with that. Um But it's certainly something that we'll watch for. And you've also been following some particulars across the federal government. One of them has to do with the Agriculture Department. Big issues there. Yeah. So uh, this past week, members of the House, House Democrats, again expressed opposition to uh, the latest point in this ongoing saga of uh, USDA's relocation to Kansas City. We learned this earlier this past week that the Agriculture Department would offer buyouts for eligible employees of $10,000. That's a pretty big difference compared to the maximum voluntary separation incentive payment that you could get, which is $25,000. And what many people say is, frankly, too low to begin with to really drive people out the door if, in fact, you do want people to to get out the door. So $10,000, I think, is a disappointment to many ERS and NIFA employees They were expecting $25,000. A memo that they received back in June mentioned $25,000, but said budget depending on that. So I I don't know that they were necessarily promised $25,000, but they were certainly expecting it because it was in the memo. And frankly, that's what most employees have received in recent years. And to play devil's advocate, though, they were the agriculture department was not looking for a reduction in force in those two agencies that were going. So everyone that decided, yes, I'll move to Kansas City could have a job if they wanted. So it wasn't really a reduction that agriculture was after. And so I guess you could look at it to say the employees are lucky to get anything to leave. I think that's completely fair. USDA, when we asked them for some details about this particular development, said, We did not have to offer these uh, buyouts to employees, and that's true. They did not have to offer uh, the maximum, which is $25,000, and that's also true. And one of the reasons why they gave for the $10,000 buyout payment to begin with is that they wanted everyone who was eligible to be able to receive one. And so they say that they offered buyouts to 43 employees at the Economic Research Service and 48 employees at the National Institute of Food and Agriculture. There aren't that many people who are a part of this move altogether. So that is a, a pretty significant portion of the workforce who will receive a buyout offer. Whether or not they'll accept it is a different story. 
Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out her ongoing coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Looking to expand or move your company? Look no further than Ohio. With a talented workforce for in-demand industries like tech, healthcare, engineering, manufacturing, and more, you can staff up and scale for growth. Ohio's central location and reliable infrastructure will help you impress your customers. While Ohio's affordable cost of living and quality of life will excite your employees. Why survive somewhere else when your business can thrive in Ohio? Visit successinohio.com today.